Welcome to the Bitcoin Street Journal, Bitcoin market update podcast, your daily source for live updates on the Bitcoin market. Join us as we delve into current Bitcoin technical analysis, track Bitcoin, BTC prices, explore market capitalization trends, and analyze market supply. Stay ahead of the curve with our comprehensive coverage of the ever-evolving world of Bitcoin. In today's episode, we'll cover Bitcoiner protests ECB, McDonald's acceptance of Bitcoin in Switzerland, corporations stacking SATs, SEC's delay of ARK Invest ETF, the launch of Custodia Bank, Max Kaiser's ongoing hodling, incentives for green Bitcoin mining in Texas, revocation of SBF's bail, a Bitcoin billboard in Japan, an academic study on Bitcoin mining's impact on renewable energy, a UK barbershop accepting Bitcoin, Bittrex's fine by SEC, Stark's prediction of no Bitcoin ETF approval, people's preference for USD over Bitcoin, Noster's struggle to onboard users, Bitcoin's all-time high in Argentina, price updates on Bitcoin and Shiba Inu, Kraken surpassing Coinbase in liquidity, and Coinbase's base ranking fourth in daily TPS. We will also discuss topics such as the analysis of WorldCoin's data processing and risks, a crypto exchange fined by SEC, SEC's role in crypto vulnerabilities, Ethereum and XRP updates, Visa's testing of Ethereum payments, various AI-related discussions, cryptocurrency news, and the Noster protocol for decentralized publishing, along with its features and implementations. Hey there, Bitcoiners. We've got some exciting news and updates in the world of cryptocurrency. Let's dive right in. First up, we have a Bitcoiner who has started a personal protest in front of the European Central Bank, ECB. Talk about taking a stand. It's great to see individuals advocating for their beliefs. And speaking of using Bitcoin in everyday life, did you know that you can now pay at McDonald's with Bitcoin in Lugano, Switzerland? It's amazing to see the adoption of cryptocurrencies by big corporations. But it's not just corporations getting involved. Investors like Paul Tudor Jones are also recognizing the value of Bitcoin. It's always interesting to see renowned figures embracing the world of cryptocurrency. Now let's talk about some regulatory news. The Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, has once again delayed the application for ARK Invest's Spot Bitcoin ETF. It seems like they can't buy time forever, but we'll have to wait and see what the future holds for this ETF. On the other hand, we have some positive news. After a long battle with regulators, Caitlin Long's Custodia Bank is finally live. It's a great step forward for the industry and shows that perseverance pays off. Max Kaiser, one of the early Bitcoin enthusiasts, called Bitcoin the currency of the resistance back in 2011. And over 12 years later, he's still holding strong. It's inspiring to see the belief and dedication that some individuals have for this digital currency. In terms of environmental impact, Texas is set to approve new incentives for cutting greenhouse gas emissions from flared and vented gas. This includes offering a tax exemption to energy producers using fugitive emissions to power Bitcoin mining. It's great to see efforts being made to reduce the carbon footprint of Bitcoin mining. But not all news is positive. SBF's bail has been revoked, and he is headed to jail. It's a reminder that we should always stay informed and study the world of Bitcoin to make sound investment decisions. Now let's shift our focus to technology. A Bitcoin billboard has been spotted in Tokyo, Japan, it's always good to remember the networks that make Bitcoin grow. This leads us to a comparison between the Lightning Network and the Liquid Network. Both have their unique features and play a crucial role in the Bitcoin ecosystem. In the academic world, a new peer-reviewed study has found that Bitcoin's proof-of-work mining 
can contribute to renewable energy penetration and the decarbonization of the energy grid. This is an area that hasn't been comprehensively examined, so it's great to see research shedding light on this topic. Turning our attention back to regulatory matters, the SEC has delayed the decision on Kathy Wood's spot Bitcoin ETF. The next decision date is set for November 11th. We'll be eagerly awaiting the outcome of this decision. Now let's talk about adoption. A barbershop in the UK is now accepting Bitcoin. It's small steps like these that contribute to the mainstream acceptance and use of cryptocurrencies. In a throwback to the past, Andreas M. Antonopoulos once talked about software owning money. He was truly ahead of his time, recognizing the revolutionary potential of decentralized currencies. And here's a thought-provoking point. People are waking up to the fact that Bitcoin is actually good for the environment. It's not just about profits. It's about making a positive impact on the world. Speaking of impact, Bitcoin miners have been selling 75% of their reserves in June, compared to 326% in the same period last year. It's interesting to see different strategies among miners and who's holding on to their Bitcoin. Now, let's touch on a legal matter. Bittrex lost against the SEC, agreeing to pay a $24 million fine for offering U.S. users access to unregistered securities. It's a reminder that regulations are an important factor to consider in the cryptocurrency space. If you've ever wondered why holding your wealth in Bitcoin is important, just take a look at the world around us. It provides a decentralized and secure alternative to traditional financial systems. Unfortunately, not everyone shares this viewpoint. According to John Reed Stark, a former SEC's Office of Internet Enforcement chief, the SEC will not approve a spot Bitcoin ETF. But let's not lose hope. History has a habit of proving skeptics wrong. And here's an interesting observation. People would rather have $100 USD than one full Bitcoin. It just goes to show that we are still in the early stages of widespread Bitcoin adoption. Meanwhile, a decentralized social media protocol is struggling to onboard new users. It's a reminder that despite the growing popularity of cryptocurrencies, there are still challenges to overcome in various sectors. In international news, Bitcoin is setting a new all-time high against the Argentine peso. This comes at a time of primary elections in Argentina, highlighting the role of Bitcoin as a hedge against traditional currencies. Now let's shift gears and have a quick recap of the crypto market. Bitcoin had a slight dip, returning to $29K after failing to break $30K. On the other hand, Shiba Inu experienced a pump of 16% in just seven days. The market is always full of surprises. In the altcoin space, Roll Bitcoin, RLB, has seen a massive 76% weekly surge, securing a place among the top 100 altcoins. It's a reminder of the potential for growth and the ever-changing landscape of the cryptocurrency market. Moving on, we have Evernode's Evers airdrop for XRP holders. The decentralized platform plans to distribute 5,160,960 Evers to eligible XRP holders, providing an opportunity for those involved in the XRP community. In July, Kraken dethroned Coinbase as the most liquid U.S. exchange for altcoins. This shift in market share could be attributed to Coinbase facing some regulatory challenges in recent months. And speaking of Coinbase, their base platform reached the fourth rank in daily TPS transactions per second among Layer 2 solutions. It gained an impressive 136,000 daily active users just two days after its public release. It's great to see the adoption and usage of new platforms in the crypto space. And that's it for this edition of our Cryptocurrency News Roundup. 
Stay tuned for more updates and remember to always stay informed and be part of this exciting world of cryptocurrencies. See you next time. So let's dive into some interesting news in the cryptocurrency world. First up, we have the AAIP, which stands for the Argentina Agency of Personal Information Protection. They recently announced that they will be closely examining how WorldCoin handles personal data and whether there are any potential risks for Argentines. It's great to see organizations taking data privacy seriously and ensuring the safety of individuals' information. In other news, a crypto exchange that has been facing numerous challenges recently has agreed to pay a hefty $24 million penalty to settle with the SEC. This exchange had actually filed for bankruptcy protection earlier this year, so this settlement is seen as a positive outcome for them. Co-founder William Shahara expressed his satisfaction with this resolution. Moving on, the SEC has delayed the approval of ARK's revised Bitcoin ETF. They want to hear the public's opinion on using Coinbase as a partner for surveillance and information sharing. This delay shows that regulatory bodies are being cautious and seeking input from various stakeholders before making significant decisions. Here's an interesting move by an e-gaming company called Boya. They have set aside $5 million to purchase Bitcoin and Ether. The company believes that investing in these cryptocurrencies aligns with their interests and the interests of their shareholders. It's clear that more and more companies are recognizing the potential of digital assets and incorporating them into their investment strategies. In unfortunate news, the founder of the popular crypto exchange FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, has been sent to jail for witness tampering. He could potentially spend at least two months behind bars before his trial. It's a reminder that engaging in illegal activities within the crypto industry can lead to serious consequences. Let's shift our attention to some recent market trends. Esheb, Ape, and Pepe have all experienced an impressive 8% daily jump, while Bitcoin has managed to maintain a price of around $29,000. Moreover, SHIB's momentum seems to be on the rise, and another asset from the Shiba Inu ecosystem called Bone is also performing well. These market movements demonstrate the dynamic nature of the cryptocurrency space. In a recent investigation, Nansen looked into what whales are investing in on Coinbase's base network. It was discovered that early adopters of this network had a significant allocation to meme coins, which are cryptocurrencies known for their viral and fun nature. This finding showcases the diverse investment strategies within the crypto community. Visa, a major financial technology company, is piloting an innovative approach to paying on-chain gas fees with a Visa card. This solution aims to eliminate the need for individuals to hold Ether solely for the purpose of paying these fees. It's exciting to see traditional financial institutions exploring ways to leverage blockchain technology and improve user experiences. Now let's talk about Ethereum. The prices of this popular cryptocurrency have remained relatively stagnant for the past five months, with trading volume and volatility decreasing. However, there are 10 bullish fundamentals that could potentially have a positive impact on Ethereum's price in the future. It's worth keeping an eye on these factors to see how they ultimately influence the market. Bakit, a company specializing in digital asset custody solutions, has been experiencing a surge in client interest. They recently revealed that they've signed new custody clients and are in late-stage negotiations with several prospective clients across various industries. It's a clear sign that institutional adoption of cryptocurrencies is continuing to grow. 
In Russia, there seems to be some skepticism surrounding the digital ruble. A survey revealed that one-third of Russians perceive the digital ruble as some sort of fraud. Additionally, one in five participants stated that they have no interest in Russia's upcoming central bank digital currency, CBDC. This highlights the challenges that CBDCs face in gaining public trust and acceptance. Let's move on to some notable price movements in the market. Thorchain's native token, Rune, has experienced a significant 20% surge in just one day, while Bitcoin has remained relatively stable around $29,000. Another altcoin, Toncoin, has also seen substantial gains among larger cap cryptocurrencies. These price movements indicate the dynamic nature of the crypto market, where opportunities for both short-term and long-term gains can arise. Interesting news comes from the former U.S. President Donald Trump, who reportedly holds between $250,000 and $500,000 worth of Ethereum. However, despite his personal investment, Trump remains a vocal opponent of the crypto industry. It's intriguing to see such high-profile individuals involved in the crypto space, despite their reservations about its overall impact. BitMEX, a popular cryptocurrency exchange, has released an analysis on the potential of drive chains for scaling Bitcoin. Drive chains could unlock new exciting applications for Bitcoin, but they also introduce added complexities and potential vulnerabilities. It's encouraging to see ongoing efforts to optimize Bitcoin's capabilities and scalability. In recent bankruptcy procedures, Voyager, a crypto trading platform, reportedly transferred $5.5 million worth of Ethereum and SHIB to Coinbase. This move comes after Voyager set a deadline for its users to withdraw a specific portion of their tokens held on the platform. It's important for platforms to navigate bankruptcy procedures carefully to ensure the security and transparency of users' assets. Unfortunately, there have been instances of fraudulent activities in the crypto world. Four individuals, along with their unincorporated entity, have been charged with defrauding investors through a crypto and precious metal scam. They promised investors exceptionally high returns, highlighting the importance of conducting thorough research and due diligence before engaging in any investment opportunities. On a more positive note, the Singapore Red Cross has enabled crypto donations. Initially, they will be accepting digital assets such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, USDT, and USDC. It's great to see charitable organizations embracing cryptocurrencies as a means of receiving donations and supporting their initiatives. Let's talk about Riot, a company deeply involved in Bitcoin mining. In the second quarter, they successfully mined a substantial amount of BTC. Riot's CEO, Les, expressed his excitement about the company's role in transforming the energy and financial industries through Bitcoin mining. It's a testament to the growing influence of crypto mining operations. Coinbase, a leading crypto exchange, has acknowledged that there are problems with the user experience on its platform. The CEO, Brian Armstrong, has recognized the need for improvements and is working towards enhancing the user interface and overall functionality. It's essential for platforms to prioritize user-centric design to ensure seamless and satisfactory experiences for their customers. Unfortunately, there have been instances of protocol exploitation in the crypto space. Zunami Protocol recently fell victim to an attack, resulting in a loss of over $2 million. This attack specifically targeted the platform's lending pools. It highlights the importance of robust security measures and continuous monitoring to mitigate potential risks within the ecosystem. In terms of market trends, an indicator is suggesting a significant price movement ahead for Bitcoin. 
While many other cryptocurrencies remain relatively stable, a particular token called HBR has experienced substantial price surges in the double digits. This volatility and potential for major price movements are inherent to the crypto market, presenting opportunities for both traders and investors. Lastly, an opinion piece argues that the SEC's regulatory actions are contributing to the rising incidents of crypto-related cybercrime. The author highlights the idea of moral hazard and suggests that the stringent regulations put forth by the SEC may unintentionally encourage malicious actors to find alternative methods to exploit vulnerabilities within the crypto industry. It's crucial for regulatory bodies to strike a balance between protecting investors and fostering innovation. And that's a wrap for today's cryptocurrency news. Stay tuned for more updates on the exciting world of digital assets. Could the SEC unintentionally contribute to the increasing vulnerabilities faced by crypto companies? That's a question worth exploring. Let's start by analyzing the recent price action of Ripple, XRP. The cryptocurrency has been going through an extended correction phase, mainly because it encountered significant resistance at the 85 cents level. However, there might be a potential for a short-term interruption in the downtrend as the price approaches a robust support region. This analysis is provided by Cheyenne, who carefully examined the daily chart of Ripple. It's interesting to see how the price of XRP reacts to these resistance and support levels. Moving on to Ethereum, we observe that its price has been stuck in a state of indecision between buyers and sellers. This has resulted in shallow candle formations and a steady consolidation period over the past few months. However, Ethereum faces a crucial price region that could potentially determine its short-term trajectory, according to Cheyenne's technical analysis. It would be interesting to see how Ethereum breaks out of this consolidation phase and whether it will lead to an explosive move. Shifting our attention to specific factors to watch for the week in relation to Ripple's price, volatility seems to be on the horizon. Ripple's XRP might be gearing up for some action, and there are two important things worth keeping an eye on. It's always intriguing to see how these anticipated events unfold and their impact on the price of cryptocurrencies. Now let's shift our focus to Pepe, which has been breaking resistance levels one after another. This MemeCoins rally continued on Monday, and it surpassed the previous resistance level, turning it into a crucial support level. Such price movements can be bullish and might indicate a potential for further price increases. The support and resistance levels identified for Pepe provide a helpful framework for understanding its potential price movements. In other news, Visa, a global payment technology giant, has successfully conducted a test that allows users to pay Ethereum gas fees using credit or debit cards. This development could have significant implications for the usability and accessibility of Ethereum and its ecosystem. Crypto card games are also making waves. Parallels Closed Beta has caught the attention of Decrypt's Kate Irwin, who went hands-on with the game to explore its features and what distinguishes it from other card battlers in the crypto space. It's always fascinating to see how blockchain technology and gaming intersect to create new and innovative experiences. Now let's turn to the SEC's role in the crypto space. The regulatory body has once again delayed its decision on the ARC21 shares Bitcoin ETF application. As more attention is focused on Bitcoin ETFs, the SEC's actions and decisions have a significant impact on the market. It's worth keeping an eye on how these regulatory developments unfold and their implications for the wider crypto ecosystem. 
Moving on to AI, musician Nick Cave has expressed his concerns about the use of artificial intelligence in the creative process. He argues that AI commodifies the human spirit and overlooks the struggles inherent in true creativity. It's an interesting perspective on the potential pitfalls of AI in the artistic realm. Staying on the topic of AI, ChatGPT, an AI chatbot created by OpenAI, has elicited mixed responses. While it seems to excel in writing prescriptions, its ability to write code appears to be less accurate. Two research papers have evaluated ChatGPT's accuracy in these domains, and their findings provide valuable insights into the strengths and limitations of AI chatbots. In the tech world, an exciting development is underway as Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg prepare for a clash. Musk suggests that the confrontation between the tech titans will be live-streamed via Twitter or Meta, promising an epic battle in an iconic location in Italy. The anticipation around this clash is high, and its outcome could potentially have wide-ranging implications. In gaming news, a new Grand Theft Auto V mod introduces AI-controlled NPCs that have their own minds, with some even hurling insults at players— this demonstrates the potential of AI to enhance gaming experiences and create more immersive virtual worlds. Finally, in the cryptocurrency industry, FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried's bail has been revoked due to allegations of witness tampering. This development raises questions about the implications for the future of the prominent crypto exchange and the potential legal consequences for its founder. Overall, these recent developments and events in the crypto, AI, gaming, and regulatory landscapes shape the dynamic ecosystem we find ourselves in. As more milestones are reached and challenges arise, it's crucial to stay informed and engaged with these fascinating developments. Hey there, let's dive into the latest news and hot topics in the world of technology, finance, and pop culture. Brace yourself for an exciting ride. First up, we have some juicy details about the highly anticipated release of Overwatch 2 on Steam. Unfortunately, it seems like things haven't gone as smoothly as expected. Over 47,000 players have bombarded Blizzard with negative reviews, expressing their complaints about issues such as the free-to-play model and the absence of the PvE mode. Looks like this launch has turned into a scammy dumpster fire for some disappointed gamers. Yikes! In other news, the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, is making waves with its legal dispute against Coinbase. The Blockchain Association is claiming that the SEC is overstepping its boundaries and trying to take away Congress's authority. They argue that the SEC is attempting to fast-track the legislative process, which is causing quite a stir in the crypto world. It'll be interesting to see how this legal battle unfolds. Moving on, Custodia Bank is breaking new ground by accepting U.S. dollar deposits and offering Bitcoin custody services. CEO Caitlin Long proudly shared that they've met all the regulatory requirements necessary for a bank to launch such services. It's clear that the bar is set high, but Custodia Bank has successfully cleared it. Kudos to them. Now let's talk about a bizarre incident involving Lil Tay, the teenage rapper. Initially, rumors swirled about the rapper's death, but later it was revealed to be a hoax. However, the confusion didn't end there. It seems that some opportunistic individuals took advantage of the situation by launching Lil Tay-themed tokens. The world of crypto can be quite puzzling at times. In a shocking turn of events, Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder and former CEO of FTX, had his bail revoked and was sent to jail for witness tampering. Crypto Twitter didn't hold back, with users reacting strongly to the news. Some even went as far as saying, hope you enjoy prison. 
It's a sobering reminder that actions have consequences, regardless of one's status in the crypto world. Shifting gears, let's explore the intersection of microfinancing, decentralized lending, and a motorbike company in Kenya. You might be wondering what happens when these elements come together. It spells lots of risk. This fusion of financial practices and technology serves as a fascinating case study, highlighting the challenges and potential rewards of decentralized finance. The SEC has been in the spotlight yet again. This time, they played for time, but a recent note on stablecoins by the Federal Reserve suggests a possible softening of the regulatory stance on cryptocurrencies in Washington. It seems like the tide may be turning, and the crypto community eagerly awaits further developments. Are chatbots promoting eating disorders? The Center for Countering Digital Hate conducted some testing on popular chatbots and discovered that many lack safety guardrails. This raises concerns about the influence of artificial intelligence in promoting unhealthy behaviors. It's a reminder that technology must be used responsibly to ensure the well-being and mental health of users. Now let's venture into the world of art and gaming. The Metropolitan Museum has embraced the metaverse by launching a quest-based app and creating a virtual doppelganger on the popular gaming platform, Roblox. The aim is to engage with younger visitors in their digital playgrounds. It's an innovative approach that showcases the MET's willingness to adapt to new forms of interaction and reach a wider audience. Paris Hilton, the influential socialite and entrepreneur, never ceases to surprise us. She has recently released Slivingland, a game on Roblox inspired by a word she's been trying to popularize for almost four years. It's yet another example of how celebrities are tapping into the gaming industry's immense potential to connect with their fan base. Aragon is making waves with its recent launch of the Aragon app and OSX protocol on the Coinbase blockchain. This move aims to provide a platform for decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs, to launch without requiring extensive developer expertise. It's an exciting development that empowers individuals and communities to participate in the DAO ecosystem. We're all aware of the increasing interest from Wall Street in the world of crypto. According to Talos CEO Anton Katz, one way to bridge the gap between traditional finance and crypto is by building better piping. He believes that Wall Street firms need tools that allow them to connect to trading opportunities similar to the ones they're accustomed to in traditional capital markets. It's an intriguing perspective that highlights the importance of creating user-friendly interfaces and platforms. Legal scholars have scrutinized the Securities and Exchange Commission's notion of an investment contract in the Coinbase lawsuit. Amicus briefs from top U.S. law schools provide valuable insights into this complex legal dispute. It's a fascinating exploration of the legal implications surrounding cryptocurrencies, and it will be interesting to see how the court interprets these arguments— Let's talk about the latest happenings on crypto Twitter. PayPal has made a significant announcement about the introduction of a stablecoin. This news has sparked excitement among crypto enthusiasts, along with strong indications of Ethereum futures ETFs coming soon. These developments highlight the growing acceptance and integration of digital assets into mainstream financial systems. Former Securities and Exchange Commission attorney John Reed Stark believes that the SEC will not approve a Bitcoin spot ETF anytime soon. However, he speculates that a Republican administration after 2024 could be more amenable to ETF applications and might even roll back certain enforcement actions. As with any prediction, only time will tell if his hypothesis comes to fruition. In an amusing twist, Martin Shkreli, known for his controversial actions in the pharmaceutical industry, took a jab at Sam Bankman-Fried, 
The former FTX CEO was recently booked into a Brooklyn prison for witness tampering, and Shkreli couldn't resist commenting on the situation with a sardonic sucks for Sam. It's a reminder that the crypto and financial worlds are not without their fair share of drama. Last but not least, it turns out that former President Donald Trump, who has been skeptical about the value of cryptocurrencies in the past, reportedly holds up to $500 million in Ethereum. It's intriguing to see this shift in his perspective and demonstrates the growing influence of digital assets even among high-profile individuals. And that wraps up our whirlwind tour through the latest news and trends. Stay tuned for more exciting updates in the world of technology, finance, and beyond. Noster is a revolutionary concept in the world of publishing on the web. It stands for Notes and Other Stuff Transmitted by Relays and is a simple open protocol that allows for censorship-resistant and globally decentralized publishing. Unlike traditional apps or services that you sign up for, Noster is a protocol upon which anyone can build. It is designed with simplicity in mind, using plain JSON and standard public key cryptography for keys and signing. This makes it easy to run relays and build clients, ensuring that the protocol can be extended over time. One of the key features of Noster is its resilience. Unlike other publishing platforms that rely on a small number of trusted servers, Noster allows users to connect and publish to an arbitrary number of relays. This means that even if relays disappear, users can still access and publish their content. It gives users the freedom and control to change and adapt their relays over time. Another important aspect of Noster is its verifiability. Because Noster accounts are based on public key cryptography, it is easy to verify that messages were truly sent by the user in question. This adds an extra layer of security and trust to the platform. But why do we need Noster? The current state of publishing on the web is deeply flawed. What initially was an open and democratic space has now become a centralized oligopoly controlled by a handful of powerful companies. These companies dictate what we read, who we talk to, and which ideas gain traction in our society. Their pursuit of engagement has led to negative consequences for society as a whole. It's time for a change. It's time to return to the open and decentralized roots of the web. Noster provides us with an opportunity to reclaim control over the information we consume and how we consume it. It empowers us to build more open-minded and constructive communities on the internet. By embracing Noster, we can challenge the dominance of these powerful companies and create a more democratic and inclusive online ecosystem. No longer will our access to information be dictated by a select few. No longer will our conversations be controlled and manipulated. With Noster, the power is in our hands. Imagine a world where anyone can publish their thoughts without fear of censorship or suppression. A world where ideas can freely flow and be shared among individuals, fostering creativity and collaboration. Noster makes this possible. But Noster is just the beginning. It is part of a broader movement to decentralize the internet and empower individuals. It's not just about creating another publishing protocol. It's about reshaping the entire landscape of the web. Decentralization is a powerful concept that challenges the status quo and promotes a more democratic and equitable online experience. It gives individuals the freedom to express themselves, connect with others, and shape their own online communities. So let's embrace Noster and the broader idea of decentralizing the internet. Let's take back control over the information we consume and the conversations we engage in. Let's build a future where the web is open, inclusive, and owned by the people.
So let's talk about what Nostra enables. It's a platform that offers a simple and flexible event format, allowing users to publish different types of content like social media posts, long-form articles, rich media, and even e-commerce. This means you have the freedom to express yourself in any way you like. One great feature of Noster is its verifiability. This means that notes and content are attributed to specific users, making it harder for spam and bots to infiltrate the platform. It adds a layer of authenticity and trust in the content you consume. Another important aspect of Noster is its decentralized nature. Users have the ability to connect to various relays and even run their own. This decentralization makes it challenging for any single entity to censor ideas or control who gets to participate. It's all about promoting freedom of expression and avoiding the control we often see in mainstream social media. Oh, and did I mention that Noster is integrated with Lightning? This opens up new possibilities for value-for-value value business models. Instead of relying solely on ads, Noster allows users to create fairer models where they can directly exchange value with their audience. It's an innovative approach to monetization. Now let's take a look at the current state of mainstream media and big tech social media platforms. Unfortunately, both of these have their downsides. Mainstream media often relies on grabbing your attention to sell ads, leading to sensational headlines and clickbait tactics. And let's not forget their tendency to focus on negativity and outrage. On the other hand, big tech social media platforms also use your attention to sell ads. They employ bizarre techniques to keep you hooked, adding to the addictive nature of these platforms. Plus, the algorithms that determine the content you see are often kept secret, leaving you in the dark about how they work and unable to influence them. Additionally, these platforms have complete control over who can participate and often struggle with spam and bot issues. But wait, there's another alternative. Federated social media platforms like Mastodon. These platforms operate on a decentralized model where user identities are attached to domain names controlled by third parties. While this may initially seem like a solution, it also comes with its own set of challenges. For example, these third parties have the power to ban users, just like centralized social media platforms. Additionally, server owners can block other servers, limiting cross-server interactions. Migration between servers is also difficult and requires cooperation between servers, which isn't always easy to achieve. Moreover, running servers on federated platforms lacks clear incentives. As a result, servers are typically operated by enthusiasts or individuals seeking recognition through a cool domain name. Unfortunately, this often leads to the despotism of a single person, which can be worse than the control exerted by big companies like Twitter. Additionally, users often find themselves unable to migrate out of these servers effectively, rendering them stuck in unfavorable environments. Furthermore, amateur-run servers are prone to abandonment, effectively banning all users who signed up through that server. This creates issues with data duplication across different servers, making it challenging to maintain a coherent and seamless experience. In conclusion, while Noster offers a promising solution to many of the issues faced by mainstream media and existing social media platforms, there are still challenges to be addressed in decentralized systems. It's clear that finding the right balance between freedom of expression and avoiding centralized control is an ongoing process. However, with platforms like Noster pushing the boundaries, there is hope for a future where users have more power and agency in the online world. So let's dive into what zaps are all about. Think of them as helpful tips that are transmitted over the Lightning Network at lightning fast speed with little to no transaction fees. 
It's like sending a message across the network in no time. Now, before we go further, let's understand how Zaps became an integral part of the Nostr protocol. In the early days, lightning invoices were often seen in notes. However, with the implementation of NIP57, Zaps took center stage as the primary way to transmit value in Nostr notes. But what exactly is NIP57 and how do Zaps work? NIP57, short for Nostr Implementation Proposal 57, is the document that lays out the guidelines for implementing Zaps. It introduces two new types of notes, Kind 9735, which we call a Zap, and Kind 9734, known as a Zap request. These two note kinds work together seamlessly, enabling Nostr clients to easily request Zap invoices from Elinural servers and pay them. Essentially, NIPI 57 facilitates the smooth flow of Zap payments within Lightning wallets and relays. Here's an interesting tidbit for you. The note kind chosen for Zaps, 9735, is actually the same port number that Lightning Network uses for networking. It's a fun little connection between the technology and its implementation. Now let's take a moment to explore the benefits of using Zaps in your Noster client. Firstly, Zaps offer incredible speed. Since they are transmitted over the Lightning Network, they travel at the speed of light, meaning your transactions happen in a flash. In a world where time is money, this is a significant advantage. Secondly, Zaps come with minimal transaction fees, if any at all. Traditionally, making transactions would require users to pay fees, often adding up to a significant amount. But with Zaps, these fees are drastically reduced, making it much more cost-effective to transmit value. It's a win-win situation for all parties involved. Another noteworthy aspect of Zaps is their versatility. You can use them for a variety of purposes. Need to tip someone for their services? Zap it. Want to reward an online content creator? Zap it. Sending money across the globe? Zap it. The possibilities are vast, and with Zaps, the process is simple and efficient. Now you might be wondering, how exactly do you use Zaps on your Nostra client? Well, it's quite straightforward. First, ensure that your Nostra client is updated to support Zaps and NIP57 implementation. Once that's taken care of, you can start requesting Zap invoices from Elinural servers. These servers will provide you with the necessary information to generate the invoice. Once you have the invoice, simply make the payment using your Lightning wallet. It's as easy as that. Additionally, if you're on the receiving end of Zap payments, your Lightning wallet will automatically generate notes that need to be sent to relays. These notes ensure that the transactions are securely processed and settled. It's all part of the streamlined process created by the NIP57 specification. So, whether you're a Nostra client user or a Lightning Network enthusiast, Zaps bring a whole new level of efficiency and convenience to the table. With their lightning fast speed, minimal transaction fees, and straightforward implementation, they're transforming the way transactions are done. So there you have it. A brief introduction to Zaps, their implementation through NIP57, and their impact on Nostra clients. With Zaps, you can breeze through transactions with the speed of light while keeping your costs minimal. It's a game changer in the world of value transmission. Remember, Zaps are here to make your life easier. So why not embrace them and experience the future of hassle-free transactions? So let's talk about how Zaps work. Now we're not going to dive deep into the technical details here, but for those of you who are curious, 
we'll give you a basic overview of how this whole zap thing operates. So when you click or tap on that little lightning bolt icon in your client, whether it's Damus, Iris, Amethyst, or any other lightning wallet, something interesting starts happening behind the scenes. You see, the first thing your client does is communicate with the LNURL server that's sitting in front of the lightning wallet of the person you're trying to zap. It sends a message like, hey, I want to give Alice some SATs. Then the LNURL server responds. If Alice's wallet supports zaps, the server will let your client know and also provide Alice's public key. This is an essential piece of information. Now, armed with this knowledge, your client works on putting together a zap request. Think of it as a kind of note, more specifically, a 9734 note that contains data about the profile or note you want to zap, the amount, the relays where the note should be broadcasted, and a few other details. This zap request serves as a request for an invoice from the LNURL server. Once the server receives this request, it responds by providing the invoice you asked for. This invoice will include all the necessary payment details. Now, it's time for your client to pass this invoice to your Lightning wallet so that you can pay it. If you're using a wallet like Albi in your browser and have already set a budget, this payment process can happen in a snap. Once you've paid the invoice directly to the wallet of the person you're zapping, their wallet will create a special note, a 9,735 note, and broadcast it to the relays that were specified in your initial zap request. Now, when these relays receive the note, they can notify connected clients about the zap. And clients, well, they can then show the zap to users in their user interface. It's a way for everyone to stay updated and informed about the zaps happening in the network. And perhaps the most fascinating part of all this is that it all takes place in just a matter of seconds. Fast, huh? And not only is it speedy, but it also costs just a tiny fraction of a penny. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. So that's a brief overview of how zaps work. Remember, there's a lot more technical stuff going on in the background, but this gives you the basic mechanics of how it all comes together. So you want to know how to send and receive zaps in Noster? Well, it's actually quite simple. To zap other people, you just need two things, a zap-compatible Lightning Wallet and a client that has implemented zaps. Let's start with the Lightning Wallet. There are a few options you can choose from, such as Albi or Wallet of Satoshi. These wallets are designed to be compatible with zaps, so make sure you have one of these installed. Next, you'll need a client that supports zaps. Noster offers a variety of clients that have implemented zaps, including Damus, Amethyst, Iris, and Snort. These clients allow you to interact with the zap feature seamlessly. Now here comes the important part. You need to set your lightning address in your Noster profile. This address will be used to receive any zaps that come your way. So make sure you have this address correctly set up in your profile. That way, when someone sends you a zap, it will go directly to your designated lightning address. But here's something interesting to note. You have the flexibility to pay for zaps from a wallet or address other than the one you have set in your profile to receive zaps. Let's take a look at an example to better understand this. Imagine you have a Stacker News Lightning address set in your Noster profile. This address is where you'll receive any zapped SATs. Now let's say you're using your web browser and have Iris as your client. When you want to pay for zaps, you can actually use your Albi wallet, which you access through their Chrome extension. This allows you to pay for zaps using a different wallet while still receiving them in your designated Lightning address. It gives you that extra flexibility and convenience. And if you prefer to use a mobile client, 
you can opt for Damus. With Damus as your client, you can pay for Zaps using the Wallet of Satoshi app. This allows you to have a different payment method while still using your Lightning address, set in your Nostr profile to receive Zaps. So as you can see, sending and receiving Zaps in Nostr is pretty straightforward. All you need is a Zap-compatible Lightning wallet and a client that supports Zaps. And don't forget to set your Lightning address in your Nostr profile to receive Zaps. And remember, you have the option to pay for Zaps from a different wallet or address if you prefer. It's all about giving you the flexibility to use Nostr in a way that works best for you. So let's talk about Zaps. Have you heard of them before? If not, don't worry. I'll fill you in on what they are, how they work, and how you can use them on your Nostr client. Basically, Zaps are like little tips that are sent over the Lightning network at lightning fast speed. And the best part, there are basically no transaction fees involved. It's a win-win situation, right? In the early days of the Nostr protocol, Lightning invoices were commonly found in notes. But with the implementation of NIPE 57, Zaps have become the go-to method for transmitting value in Nostr notes. So let's delve deeper into what NIP57 is all about and how Zaps operate. NIP57, otherwise known as the Zap implementation document, lays out the guidelines for how Zaps should be implemented. It introduces two new note kinds, kind 9735, which represents a Zap, and kind 9734, which represents a Zap request. Together, these two note kinds enable Nostra clients to request Zap invoices from Elineural servers and make payments accordingly. Additionally, the NIP57 specification outlines how Lightning wallets that receive Zap payments should create notes to be sent to relays. It's a well-structured system that ensures smooth communication and hassle-free transactions. And here's a fun fact for you. The note kind chosen for Zaps, 9735, is actually the same networking port that Lightning uses. It's a neat little detail that adds another layer of interconnectedness to the whole concept. Now that we've covered the basics and the technicalities, let's explore the benefits of using Zaps on your Nostra client. One of the main advantages is the speed at which transactions occur. Since Zaps are transmitted over the Lightning network, they travel at the speed of light. This means that your payments can be processed quickly and efficiently, saving you valuable time. Another great thing about Zaps is the negligible transaction fees. Traditional payment methods often come with hefty fees that eat into your funds. But with Zaps, you can enjoy the benefits of microtransactions without worrying about substantial deductions. It's a cost-effective solution that makes financial transactions more accessible to everyone. Furthermore, Zaps enhance the overall user experience by simplifying the payment process. With the implementation of NIP57, requesting Zap invoices has become much easier. Nostr clients can effortlessly navigate Elineural servers to obtain the necessary invoices and pay them directly. This streamlines the transaction process, eliminating the need for complicated steps and reducing potential errors. Additionally, Zaps foster a sense of community and support between Nostra users. By enabling people to send small tips, Zaps encourage collaboration and appreciation for valuable content or services. It's like spreading positivity through the Lightning Network and creating a supportive ecosystem within the Nostra community. So, how can you start using Zaps on your Nostra client? It's quite simple. Ensure that your client is updated to the latest version that supports NAP57. 
This will enable you to seamlessly request Zap invoices and make payments. From there, you can explore various Elanural servers that offer Zaps and find exciting services or content creators to support. To sum it up, Zaps are an innovative way to transmit value in the Nostra ecosystem. They offer speedy, low-cost transactions that enhance user experience and foster community support. With the implementation of NIP57, requesting Zap invoices has become incredibly convenient. So if you're ready to experience lightning fast and fee-friendly transactions, embrace the power of Zaps on your Nostra client. And there you have it, a comprehensive overview of what Zaps are, how they work, and how you can use them on your Nostra client. So go ahead and explore the world of Zaps. It's an exciting journey waiting to unfold. So let's dive into the fascinating world of Zaps and get a better understanding of how they actually work. Don't worry, we won't get too technical here, but we'll explore the basic mechanics behind them. You know that little icon you see in your client, whether it's Damus, Iris, Amethyst, or whichever lightning wallet you're using? Well, when you click or tap on that icon, something interesting happens. Your client sends a ping to the Ella Neural server, which is the server that sits in front of the lightning wallet of the person you're trying to zap. It's like saying, hey there, I would love to give Alice some CETES. Now the Elanural server responds to your client. If Alice's wallet supports Zaps, it lets your client know and also sends or confirms Alice's public key. This is where the magic starts to happen. Your client at this point puts together a Zap request, also known as a kind 9734 note. This request contains information about the profile or note that you want to Zap, such as the amount, the relays it should broadcast the note to, and a few other details. Essentially, it's like asking the Ella Neural server for an invoice. Once your client has sent the zap request, the Ella Neural server responds with the invoice you requested. Now, this is where things get even more exciting. Your client takes that invoice and hands it off to your Lightning wallet. And here's the crucial part. You, as the user, need to pay that invoice directly from your wallet to the recipient's wallet. If you're using a browser wallet like Albi and have set a budget, this whole process can happen lightning fast. Once you've paid the invoice, the recipient's wallet creates a kind 9,735 note, and this note is then broadcasted to the relays specified in the zap request. It's like sending a message to the relays, telling them about the zap. Now, the relays that receive this note can then inform connected clients about the zap, and then those clients can show the zap to users in their user interface. It's a seamless process that happens behind the scenes, keeping the user experience smooth and hassle-free. And here's the incredible part. All of this happens in just a matter of seconds and at a cost of only a tiny fraction of a penny. It's lightning fast and cost effective, making Zaps an efficient and convenient way to transfer value on the Lightning Network. So next time you click or tap on that icon, know that there's a whole chain of events happening in the background. The client pings the Elneral server, requests an invoice, you pay the invoice, and then the recipient's wallet broadcasts the note to the relays. It's a fascinating process that enables fast and secure transactions on the Lightning Network. And that, my friend, is how Zaps work. Pretty incredible, right? Now you have a better understanding of the inner workings of Zaps and can appreciate the convenience they bring to Lightning Network users. So go ahead and zap away. So you're wondering how to send and receive Zaps on Noster. Well, it's actually pretty simple. All you need are a few things to get started. First, 
you'll need a Zap-compatible Lightning Wallet. There are a couple of options available, such as Albi or Wallet of Satoshi. You can choose the one that works best for you. Next, you'll need a client that has implemented Zaps. Noster supports a few different clients that you can use, like Damus, Amethyst, Iris, or Snort. These clients have integrated Zap functionality, allowing you to easily send and receive Zaps within the Noster ecosystem. Once you have your Zap-compatible Lightning Wallet and a supported client, there's just one more thing to do. Make sure you have your Lightning address set in your Noster profile. This is the address where you'll receive all your Zaps. It's important to have this set up correctly, as it ensures that the Zaps you receive go to the right place. Now, here's an interesting tidbit. You can actually pay for Zaps from a wallet or address other than the one you have set in your profile. Let me explain with an example. Imagine you have a Stacker News Lightning address set in your Noster profile. This is the address where you'll receive any zapped SATs. Now, let's say you're using Iris as your web browser client. When it comes to paying for Zaps, you can use your Albi wallet via their Chrome extension. This means you have the flexibility to use different wallets and addresses for Zaps, even if they're not the same as the one in your Noster profile. And if you're on the go and prefer to use your mobile device, you can still use Noster. Just switch to your preferred client, like Damus, and pay for Zaps using the Wallet of Satoshi app. This way you can easily manage your Zaps, whether you're on your computer or out and about with your phone. So, as you can see, sending and receiving Zaps on Noster is a breeze. With a Zap-compatible Lightning Wallet, a supported client, and the correct Lightning address set in your Noster profile, you're all set to start Zapping away. And don't forget, you have the flexibility to pay for Zaps using different wallets or addresses if needed. So go ahead, explore the world of Zaps on Noster and enjoy the convenience and efficiency they bring to your Lightning Network transactions. Happy Zapping! So let's talk about NIPs. What are they exactly? Well, NIP stands for Noster Implementation Possibility. It's a way to document what must, what should, and what may be implemented by Noster-compatible relay and client software. Basically, NIPs are the documents that outline how the Noster protocol works. Now, you might be wondering why you should care about NIPs. After all, Noster is decentralized and not owned by a centralized service like Twitter. This means that the direction of the protocol is up to all of us. Isn't that cool? We can suggest and advocate for changes and offer feedback on ideas suggested by others. By being an active part of the Noster community, you get a say in the direction of the network. And guess what? NIPs published in the main repository are already approved. So if you have some new and exciting ideas, you can add them via pull request on that repository. But where can you find these NIPs? Well, you're in luck. You can see all the current NIPs in the Noster NIP repository. It's a treasure trove of information about how Noster works and what features are being considered for implementation. So the NIP repository is the place to go if you want to stay up to date with the latest developments in the Noster protocol. It's where you can explore new ideas, contribute your own suggestions, and be a part of the decision-making process. Now, you might be wondering how these NIPs are structured. Generally, each NIP has a unique number and a title. This helps to keep things organized and makes it easier to reference specific NIPs when discussing them. Each NIP also includes an abstract, which provides a brief summary of the proposal. The body of the NIP contains all the juicy details. It outlines the problem or goal that the proposal aims to address. 
It also provides a detailed explanation of the proposed solution and any potential trade-offs or considerations that need to be taken into account. NIPs also include a section on motivation, which explains why the proposal is important and why it should be considered. This is where you can really make a case for your ideas and convince others to support them. Of course, no proposal is perfect, and that's where the section on alternatives and rationale comes in. It explores alternative approaches to solving the problem and explains why the proposed solution is the best option. This helps to ensure that the decision-making process is thorough and well-informed. Finally, NIPs conclude with a section on implementation details. This covers any technical specifications or requirements that need to be met in order to implement the proposal. It's like a roadmap for turning the idea into a reality. So as you can see, NIPs are a crucial part of the Noster ecosystem. They provide a platform for collaboration, innovation, and community involvement. By contributing to NIPs, you have the power to shape the future of the Noster protocol and make a real impact. So, whether you're a developer, a user, or just a curious individual, I encourage you to check out the Noster NIP repository. Dive into the world of NIPs, explore the proposals, and get involved in the discussions. Your voice matters, and NIPs are the way to make it heard. Remember, the Noster community is all about openness, decentralization, and democratic decision-making. So don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to be a part of something big. Browse the NIPs, share your ideas, and let's shape the future of Noster together. So you want to know what Noster clients are? Well, let me break it down for you in a conversational manner. In Noster, a client refers to the app or platform that you use to access and interact with the protocol. It's kind of like the Twitter iOS app or web app that you use to browse through Twitter's feed of tweets. Simple, right? Now, because the Noster protocol is quite flexible and straightforward, different clients have focused on implementing various aspects of the protocol in slightly different ways. For instance, some clients prioritize having a beautiful and user-friendly interface while others zero in on enabling lightning-fast payments. We even have clients that cater to creative use cases, like playing chess through the Noster protocol. Yep, you heard that right. Chess on Noster. Most of the clients that have been developed so far revolve around the social media use case. However, we're starting to witness more interesting and diverse use cases cropping up. Let me give you a few examples. First up, we have Jester, a client that allows you to play chess on Noster. Imagine challenging your friends or even strangers to a game of chess on this platform. Pretty cool, right? Next, we have Habla, a client that focuses on long-form content, much like Medium. So if you're into writing or reading lengthy articles, Habla might be the client for you. Then there's Nostagram, a client that is all about media. If you're into sharing and consuming various types of media content, Nostagram is worth a look. Last but not least, we have Zapstream, a client that brings a Twitch-like streaming experience to Noster. So if you enjoy watching live streams and interacting with streamers, you should definitely check out Zapstream. Now you might be wondering if you can switch between these clients. The answer is yes. Since a client is just a way to access the underlying data held by Relays, you can switch between different clients or even sign into as many clients as you'd like. As long as each client is looking at the same set of Relays for their data, you'll see the same messages across all the clients you use. But wait, should you enter your private key in the client? Generally, it's better not to. 
While most clients that ask for private keys make an effort to keep them secure, software is never 100% immune to breaches, exploits, or bugs. And if your private key gets compromised, it means starting from scratch and rebuilding your identity in Noster. Plus, you'll lose your list of followers and all your private messages, not something anyone wants to deal with. Now that we've covered the basics, let's talk about a few of our favorite clients across different platforms. If you're accessing Noster on the web, we highly recommend giving Iris a try. It's our recommended client, especially for new users. And hey, we even have a handy guide that you can check out to get started with Iris. For desktop users, we have Gossip, a rather opinionated client that requires a bit more technical know-how to use. But the upside is that Gossip offers users more control over how they interact with Noster. So if you're up for a challenge and want that extra control, Gossip might be the desktop client for you. Now let's move on to iOS. For all the iPhone users out there, we proudly present Damus the first and best iOS client for Noster. Trust us, it's worth a try. Just head over to our guide to get started with Damus. Last but not least, we have Amethyst, a beautiful client for Android users. If you're on an Android device, give Amethyst a go. We even have a guide available on our website to help you get started. And that, my friend, sums up what Noster clients are. From web and desktop to iOS and Android, there's a client out there for everyone. So why not explore and find the one that best suits your needs? Happy Nostring! Nostr relays are an essential component of the Nostr platform. In this quick overview, we'll explain what relays are, why they are important, and how they work. So, what exactly are relays? Well, think of them as the backend servers for Nostr. They play a crucial role by allowing Nostr clients to send messages to them. These messages may or may not be stored, but they are broadcasted to all other connected clients. It's important to note that the world of relays is evolving rapidly so we can expect many changes in the future. Due to Noster's decentralized nature, it heavily relies on relays to store and retrieve data. This means that if you find your Noster client running slow, chances are it's due to the relays you're using. In such cases, it might be worth considering adding or removing relays to optimize your client's performance. Currently, many relays are offered for free. However, with the costs associated with running a relay, such as compute, storage, and bandwidth, it is widely anticipated that paid relays will become the norm in the future. Using paid relays has its advantages, especially the higher signal quality of users and notes. The proof of work involved in paying for relay access helps prevent spam accounts from infiltrating the network. If you're interested in exploring paid relays, you can find an up-to-date list with details on relay exchange. Now, you might be wondering where you can find a comprehensive list of all relays. The best resource we have found for browsing and assessing the speed of known relays is the Noster Watch site. This site provides valuable information and insights on different relays, making it easier for you to choose the ones that suit your needs. But what happens if all the relays you use suddenly stop working? Unfortunately, in such a scenario, all your posts become unretrievable. That's why Noster allows users to connect to multiple relays, ensuring some degree of backup. However, if being uncensorable is a top priority for you, running your own personal relay is highly recommended. This way, you always have a copy of all your Noster posts and interactions for all time. It provides a greater level of control and security over your data. While running your own relay may not be worth the hassle for most people, it is an option for those who are technically inclined or want to establish a private relay for a small group. At the moment, 
we are working on a guide to help you set up your own NOSTA relay. In the meantime, you can check out the guide by Andre Nevis, which provides step-by-step instructions on how to do it. In conclusion, NOSTA relays are the backbone of the NOSTA platform. They enable communication between NOSTA clients, store messages, and broadcast them to other connected clients. As the landscape of relays continues to evolve, paid relays are expected to become more prevalent. While many relays can be accessed for free, utilizing paid relays offers benefits such as higher signal quality. If you want to explore relays or assess their speed, NostaWatch is a valuable resource. And if you want to ensure your data's security and be uncensorable, setting up your own personal relay may be a wise choice. All right, let's dive into the world of relay implementations. Whether you're a curious developer or someone planning on running a relay yourself, this list of known implementations of the Nostra relay spec will surely pique your interest. And the best part? Relays are application agnostic, meaning you can run your own relay or utilize any of the public instances available. Let's start with Go. One notable implementation is the Relayer Basic, a simple reference relay. Built on top of the Relayer framework, this relay is backed by Postgres. It was created as a demo to showcase how to construct custom relays. It's a great starting point if you're new to relays or want to understand the inner workings. Moving on to C++, we have StirFry, an intriguing relay implementation that dares to be databaseless. With its C++ foundation, StirFry takes a unique approach by eliminating the need for a database. Definitely an interesting choice for those who prefer a lightweight implementation. For the C-hash enthusiasts out there, Anoster is a C-hash relay that you might find appealing. With its implementation in C-hash, Anoster provides a relay solution tailored specifically for the C-hash community. It's worth exploring if you're comfortable working with C-hash and want a relay that aligns with your programming language of choice. Now let's explore the world of Rust. If you're a Rustacean, you'll be delighted to know that there are a couple of relay implementations for you. First, we have Noster R's Relay, a minimalistic Rust relay that uses SQLite to store data. Its simplicity makes it an attractive option for those who prefer a lightweight and straightforward implementation. Another Rust implementation is Soster. This particular relay is private, meaning it's used to save all notes from one pub key and publish them to anyone who requests them. If privacy and data control are priorities for you, Soster might be the perfect fit. For those who embrace Node.js and TypeScript, NoStream is a Noster Relay implementation that you should definitely check out. Originally named Noster Tease Relay, it has been reborn as Nostream. Backed by PostgreSQL, this relay written in TypeScript provides a solid foundation for your relay needs. It's especially useful if you're already familiar with Node, DJs, and TypeScript. If you're involved in the Minds community, you'll be thrilled to know that there is a Minds Noster Relay available. This particular relay is designed specifically for the open source social network Minds. It enables seamless relay functionality within the Minds platform, enhancing the user experience. And speaking of Minds, we have the Minds engine, Noster. This is relevant Minds API code that allows you to read and write Minds posts using Noster. It's an essential component for those looking to integrate Noster into their Minds-powered applications or projects. For Clojure enthusiasts, there's me.untether.noster relay, a relay implementation written in Clojure. With its Clojure Foundation, this relay brings the expressive power of Clojure to the world of relays. If you're a fan of Clojure's elegance and functional programming, you'll likely appreciate this implementation. Next, we have Nostra P, 
a Python implementation that goes beyond just being a relay. It provides a comprehensive suite of tools, including a relay, client, and other useful tooling, all implemented in Python. If you're already working with Python and are looking for an all-in-one package for your Nostra needs, NostraPy is an excellent choice. Continuing with Python, we have Nostra underscore Relay, another Relay implementation written in Python. This time, it is backed by Sklite, making it a lightweight option for those who prefer simplicity. This implementation emphasizes efficiency and ease of use, which is perfect for those with minimal resource requirements. Last but not least, we come to Kotlin. Nostra Poster Relay is a Kotlin-based relay implementation that offers support for both Sklite and PostgreSQL. If you're part of the Kotlin community and want a relay that seamlessly integrates with your preferred database solution, Nostra Poster Relay has got you covered. And finally, we have Nostr, a Nostr relay implemented in Kotlin. What sets Nostr apart is its support for Postgres and metrics via Micrometer. If monitoring and comprehensive metrics are priorities for your relay implementation, Nostr is worth considering. Wow, that was quite a journey through various relay implementations, from Go to C++ to Chash to Rust, Node, JDS, TypeScript, Clojure, Python, and Kotlin. There's truly a relay implementation for every developer out there. Whether you're a fan of simplicity, privacy, specific programming languages, or comprehensive tooling, this list has something for everyone. So go ahead, explore these implementations, and find the one that best suits your needs. Happy relaying. Happy. So let's talk about the Nostr repository. It's basically the central hub for all things Nostr. While it may not be the most jam-packed repository out there, it does house Ifietjeff's original reasoning behind creating Nostr. So if you're interested in diving deeper into the why behind Nostr's existence, this is the place to go. Next up, we have Nostr relays. Now, there are a few different types of relays in the Nostr realm. One of them is PurplePag.s, which is a special kind of relay. Then there's Nostr.watch, which is like the go-to source for all the info you need on all the known relays out there. And if you're curious about currently operating paid relays, Relay Exchange has got you covered. But here's where things get really interesting. There's this project called Nostr.winesfilter relay. And what it does is aggregates reading and writing from and to several other major relays. Its main goal is to bridge the gap between public and private relays. Pretty cool, right? If you want to learn more about this and other relay implementations, check out the page dedicated to relay implementations. Now let's talk about search and data. Nostr.band is like the search engine for all things Nostr. It can help you find new users to follow or even track down that note you saw floating around a while back. And if you're into high-level data about the growth of the Nostr network, Network Stats, which is also run by Nostr.band, is where it's at. It gives you a pretty good overview of how things are looking in the Nostr world. Oh, and have you heard of Zap Life? It's an aggregation of all the zaps across Nostr in the last several hours. It's basically the Zap leaderboard. So if you're curious about the most recent zaps and who's making waves in the Nostr community, make sure to check it out. Now let's move on to long-form content. If you're in the mood for some deep conversations and discussions, you might want to check out Habla. It's a platform where you can engage in longer conversations and explore different topics. And if you're more into reading blogs, well, Blogstack is the place to be. It's a collection of interesting and thought-provoking blogs for all you avid readers out there. Switching gears for a moment, let's talk about badges. If you're into collecting badges or showing off your achievements, badges.page is where you'll find a variety of badges related to Nostr. 
It's a fun way to showcase your involvement in the Noster community and your love for all things Noster. And in case you're looking for more, there's awesome Noster. It's like a treasure trove of links related to Noster clients, relay implementations, and more. So if you want to explore further and discover even more Noster-related resources, Awesome Noster is your one-stop shop. Lastly, before we wrap things up, we want to ask for your support. We would greatly appreciate it if you could show us some love on Fountain.com, Nostra.build, Spotify, Amazon Music, RSS.com, Pandora, Samsung Podcasts, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, and many more platforms. You can do this by adding a like, sharing our podcast, or subscribing to the Bitcoin Street Journal. Your support means the world to us, and we thank you for taking the time to listen and support us. That's it for today's episode. We covered the Nostra repository, relays, search and data, long-form content, badges, and some other cool Noster resources. We hope you found this information useful and that you're excited to dive into the world of Noster. Until next time, take care and keep exploring. On today's episode, we covered a range of topics including Bitcoin adoption by corporations, SEC delays, cryptocurrency fines, Ethereum updates, AI controversies, and the features of the Noster protocol. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll see you guys at the next one, and don't forget to subscribe.